Hi, this is Jeff Kober with another Disney News on Parade for July 10th of 2020. We are glad to share with you lots of stuff going around Walt Disney World and elsewhere in the Disney community. Plus, we want to take an opportunity to talk about a Washington Post article that took a direct aim or hit at Disney. We'll look at the legitimacy of their arguments and what they discussed. Finally, we'll share with you a little, a little bit about uh, Magic Kingdom opening up and my daughter's own experiences visiting the park for the first time since it reopened. We have so much to cover today. Please join us as we uh, share in this latest Disney news on parade. First off, Walt Disney World continues to open up. We had a chance to experience it a little bit in a different way by visiting Disney's Fantasia Gardens Miniature Golf the other week. Uh, it's been, I would say, easily 15 to 20 years since I have done Fantasia Gardens. I'm bigger on winter Summerland, so we just really kind of didn't bother with the, uh, with the Fantasia Gardens piece. And the second uh, miniature golf course there is a kind of a pitch and putt type course and not themed really to anything Disney-wise. I have to say, I was surprised how much better it was than I thought it to be. Now, mind you, of course, uh, everything was about social distancing, one family per course or per hole, which was just kind of perfect for kind of maintaining that social distancing. You had to wear a mask the entire time. The uh, golf clubs and the balls were all polished and cleaned prior to, uh, to entering the course. But all in all, it was a very enjoyable date night for my wife and I, and we really enjoyed uh, in the experience of just being back on Disney property for a very simple activity uh, like, like playing Fantasia miniature golf. We preceded the evening by going on a big dinner date. Well, <laughs> not really much of a big dinner date. We actually went to the new McDonald's and I have to say new McDonald's, it's in the old McDonald's space, but they have practically for all intents and purposes mowed down the previous one and built an entirely new McDonald's in the space that is just prior to the entrance of Disney's all-star resorts. It's a big space with a lot of tables. Um, and honestly, um, while we've got videos of both Fantasia Golf coming as well as this McDonald's, I think you'll be surprised when I say that this McDonald's belongs in Epcot. What do I mean by that? Well, they had done so many things in terms of architecture and in terms of gardening and in terms of overall conservation design to really make it a showcase in any future world exhibit. It was very impressive, the number of features it had. It was a showcase for what could be done in architecture to create um, the smart buildings that really um, build off of the climate and the, the ability to save energy. Now that's said and done. Um, it's been a while since I've had a chicken sandwich over at McDonald's and unfortunately I have to say they still taste like the chicken sandwiches they make at McDonald's. So that's the disappointing news is 
But then again, you know, Electric Umbrella, the food wasn't that great either. I'm hoping that with the renovations going on at Epcot, it's going to be a whole lot better. But I have to say that McDonald's was very, um, very impressive in terms of its design and construction. This week, of course, Walt Disney begins to reopen its major theme parks. Magic Kingdom and Disney's Animal Kingdom began with cast member previews on Tuesday and Wednesday. It was followed up with annual pass holder previews on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. It opens to the general public or with those with a reservation. I'll be there Saturday to bring it all to you uh, via podcasts, video, posts, photos, everything. We'll give you the latest and greatest about how the park looks after its reopening. Now, with all of that, we have to mention that uh, there are other things opening up as well. This week, Walt Disney World Hotel Reservations opened up for 2020. So if you're interested in booking a trip for Walt Disney World for the remainder of the year, now is the time to go ahead and book your vacation. Most all of Walt Disney World is available for uh, booking a reservation. However, there were some that were not quite on the list. Disney's All-Star Resorts to include All-Star Sports, Music, and Film. Uh, those are not available at this time to book. Doesn't mean that they might not be available tomorrow or three months from now, but at this point, they're not available. Disney's Port Orleans, both Riverside and French Quarter, both sides of that resort are not available to book. You'll find that Kidani Village at Disney's Animal Kingdom uh, Lodge is available, but Jumbo House is not right now. The same thing seems to be happening at Disney's Wilderness Lodge. You can book DVC accommodations like Boulder Ridge and Copper Creek, even if you're not a DVC member, but the regular uh, resort offerings at Disney Wilderness Lodge, those are currently not available. Again, any of this could change. I think this is gonna pop up. They're gonna look at demand. They're going to look at their ability to staff. And they're going to, of course, look at where the pandemic is going. All those issues are going to factor in their decisions. As an example of this, just in the last day or so, reservations have become available for some restaurants that were not listed just two weeks ago. So Chef Mickey's has now become uh, an available opportunity for guests uh, who want to dine there. It's a different experience than before. It says, enjoy a lively, all you care to eat family style meal in a bright, happy space. What that really means is a family style. It also says buffet up in the corner, but I assure you the buffet has gone away. Um, as the monorail whizzes by, soak up the expansive views of Bay Lake and behold the stunning 90 foot high mural by Disney legend Mary Blair that overlooks the festive eatery. Um, you know what? I'm kind of excited about this. I'm not a big fan of Chef Mickey's, never have been. Um, they don't say anything about the characters coming, but I wouldn't be surprised if they start making appearances. Not a meet and greet, not take a photo or do an autograph, 
but I wouldn't be surprised if they show up out of the kitchen, so to speak, in their chef outfits. And I also think that with tables spread apart, because I always felt like you were just jammed and packed in there. So with tables spread apart, it might be just a little bit more enjoyable and having the food brought to you. I just see that as maybe being a more comfortable, casual, enjoyable meal than the craziness of being, again, packed in there, grabbing your food at the buffet, standing in line for buffet. I, I see this as kind of an opportunity to reinvent Chef Mickey's. On the other side of the culinary um, <laughs> uh, side of the house, Disney California Grill is also available for booking. So this is all very doable. And I think what you're gonna see in the days and weeks to come, some things are gonna go up and be available, other things are gonna go away. Um, for instance, we haven't mentioned a lot about Uniqlo. Uh, that opened up like on day one or day two when Disney Springs opened. But a week or two ago, it closed back up. It just didn't have the kind of foot traffic to justify a store uh, with that much square space in it. So they have closed temporarily. I think their intent is to hope, hopefully reopen again soon. But this is kind of that, that uh, stop and start moment that's going on. Uh, speaking of Disney Springs, let's go to downtown Disney at the Disneyland Resort. That has opened up as of Thursday. It's now uh, the first part of its phased reopening at the Disneyland Resort. Remember, we still don't, it had a date for July 17th for reopening. That has been pushed back indefinitely, meaning we don't know the new date. But, uh, but there's a lot that has reopened. In fact, it's a much more aggressive reopening than Disney Springs. Look at what's listed here. The flagship uh, World of Disney Store at Disney Springs, that was like a week or two before it finally opened. Asian Street Eats, the Disney Dress Shop, Sugar Boo and Co Company, Disney Home, Disney uh, Pin Traders, Earl of Sandwich, Kayla's Cakes, Pandora, Marceline's Confectionery, Jamba, Rinse Bath and Body Company. I list all of these on the show notes, so please go to these. There's another... 10 or 12 listed here. I'm not trying to just uh, run the clock with a listing here, but I wanted to emphasize this is a lot of retail and dining options open. And from what I can tell, there are a lot of guests who are ready to embrace it and to experience it and enjoy it. Now, with that said and done, Splitsville, uh, which by the way, just opened this week at Disney Springs. It still has not opened out there. Tortilla Joe's, Sprinkles, uh, Nap Napolini, um, La Brea Bakery, Cafe and Express, one of my favorite places, uh, Catal Restaurant. So there's still a lot left to reopen, but um, but all that's said and done, uh, Downtown Disney has opened its doors and things are moving forward uh, out in California. The one thing that is not reopening either at Downtown Disney or Disney Springs, is The Void. The Void was a super cool um, virtual, artificial, virtual reality kind of experience. You put on this head mask, you uh, w seemingly walked around, you, you carried a lightsaber, and it was a very cool 
experience. However, a notice of event default and lease termination from Walt Disney World Operating Participants Department was left on the door of the void at Downtown Disney in California. That's kind of surprising and frankly kind of not Disney uh, that Disney's legal department had left a notice of this on the doors of the Downtown Disney location in sight for anybody and all to see. I don't know if they were trying to make a statement back to the void folks or maybe it's just the reality that in the state of California, you are required to make that posting at the physical site in view of everyone to see. It's interesting to note the official site still notes locations in both Disney resorts, plus several other places across the country. But this seems to be an issue with their um, use of cinematic images. I don't know if it's from Star Wars or they um, did a Wreck-It Ralph experience as well. I don't know if it's both or one of those, but notwithstanding between that big legal issue and the fact that this kind of activity doesn't work well in uh, a post-COVID world, I'm not sure that we will ever see uh, the void or anything like that in that form coming back anytime soon. Speaking, segue here, of things maybe not coming back soon, this week it was announced that the college program would be put on further hold with, quote, remain closed until further notice at both Disneyland out in California and Walt Disney World here in Florida. This suspension means that any offer of employment to future arriving interns, you see they interview these kids and they offer slots and possibilities in the next two or three semesters out so that everybody can make plans for them. Um, but that has all been terminated. Um, they have had, they've assured the interns or potential interns, they're committed to the program, plan to resume that program in the future when the time is right. Uh, they're also amending eligibility requirements so that those who have recently graduated from college will be able to reapply. So this is, um, this is sad. It also affects those who are international uh, cast members who come and work both at uh, World Showcase in Epcot and in Af Africa and Asia out in um, Disney's Animal Kingdom. Well, actually, in truth, we have many international interns who come from places like Sri Lanka and Australia and Colombia and all sorts of places. And they also form part of this program. But with the pandemic, it's not looking like all of this is going to reassemble too quickly. Um, and this is kind of interesting because work is really kind of coming to an end on a massive housing facility at Flamingo Crossing. Prior, most of the interns were housed up in uh, an area near the, um, uh, the uh, discounted mall out in Lake Buena Vista. Um, I think those, uh, nothing official here, but I think those are probably going away. And in lieu of that, they're going to have them all in one place where they can transport them back and forth to the parks on a more consistent basis because the buses were having to go to all these different apartment complexes to pick 
um, interns up and drop them off and so forth. So I think that's, uh, that's where that's going to go. Last thing before we get to our big article of the day, just again on the text note page, there is just this very lovely uh, video done of all the ambassadors, Disney ambassadors around the parks throughout the world, sending their greetings and salutations to Tokyo Disney when it reopened. And it's just a really lovely uh, video to see. So be sure to, to check for that. Now, let's go, before we get to the really sweet part of the day, let's go to the really not happy part of this podcast. The Washington Post on July 4th posted an article in their business section. This is not an opinion piece. This is supposedly journalism. Stephen uh, Zajcik uh, uh, is the author of this. And I have to say that I am deeply... Now, I have to... Well, let me back up and say this. I read the news every day and I read from several sources and I know about news bias, but I do yet generally depend on news being consistent and accurate. And when I hear something really weird, then I'll go look at three or four other news sources to kind of verify what is the truth. But by and large, I expect most things that are not really political to be fairly accurate. But when I come across an article like this in the Washington Post, it really, and I see the, I see the, uh, the criticism, I see the inaccuracies, I see uh, the slant on it. It just makes me really question, well, what am I missing out of all the other articles that the Washington Post is putting together? So in this case, um, it starts off with a little um, comment about um, the debut of Hamilton on Disney Plus, which happened last weekend. Fantastic, right? Um, yet the fervor of the show, which Disney acquired in February, conceals a much deeper and more complex set of challenges. With every passing day of coronavirus uncertainty and social upheaval, Disney finds itself scrambling not only for revenue, but for relevance. Okay, I'm really struggling on this one. In the same paragraph, you just noted that the top Broadway musical of all time, Hamilton, which has an unbelievable modern hip message that is as relevant to our times as any message could be. And you're questioning Disney's own ability to be relevant? Now, I am not a Disney apologist. If you have gone through my podcast and my posts long enough, you know I'll call a spade a spade when I see that Disney is not doing the kinds of things it ought to be. And yet, um, you, you got to be kidding me that Disney's not relevant. Now, I will tell you, I was an apologist for Disney back in the 1970s. In the 1970s, when I was a kid, I thought Disney could do no wrong. And I was, I was defending Disney left and right. And that isn't very easy when Herbie goes to Monte Carlo or Herbie goes bananas or you have the black hole instead of Star Wars. I mean, talk about an era when Disney was irrelevant. 
Disney was the last place in the studio system. Disney was floundering on all cylinders. Disney could not get a hit in the box office. Now Disney is the number one box office. Now Disney has done, Disney has the most amazing uh, sports network available. Now Disney has launched Disney Plus, which was so smart. Who would have guessed that we would have become so dependent on Disney Plus during this COVID-19 outbreak? It goes on to say, and, and, and to tell me now that Disney is relevant, yes, attendance is down in the parks. Yes, it's difficult to fill up a movie theater. Yes, they can't play a basketball game. But boy, Disney's trying to do everything it can to pick up the business and you're just kind of kicking it when it's down? It goes on to say what Disney has to do to figure out what Disney has to do is figure out how to make itself matter, how to get in front of audiences in very different ways than it has in the past, said the University of Virginia's uh, Carmen Higginbotham, who teaches and studies Disney. Because the previous rules of gathering a lot of people in one place of just riding safely down the middle of American society won't apply for the next months, next 12 months, and maybe a lot longer. Okay, so uh, then it goes on to say similar comments were made by nine entertainment industry experts interviewed by the Washington Post, from Hollywood managers to Wall Street analysts. We have the none of the names of those nine uh, entertainment experts. Actually, he does quote somebody else a little, Josh, uh, Spiegel, um, he does quote him a little later, but he doesn't list any of the other of them. And I'm a little bit in a struggle when you talk about, um, uh, she goes by Carmenita Higginbotham. She actually teaches an American studies course at the university on the art of Disney and an art history course on Disneyland, which sounds fascinating. I'd love to talk to her, but I don't know how somebody from the McIntyre Department of Art, who is an art associate professor, uh, adds credibility to a Walt, um, to a Washington Post business article. So I'm, I'm a little struggling on that. And, um, and then the article goes, and then ask yourself, what happens if it stays empty? Well, what happens if we have Armageddon next week? It's, this, is, this is really, I mean, I've heard nothing but naysayers. I don't know that Disney should open. Mind you, I get the idea. I am concerned about the pandemic. That's why I wear a mask. That's why I socially distance. That's why I take precautions. Wherever I can as an individual, I advise others. I think Disney has done a strong job. I've even think Universal's done a strong job in terms of paying attention to preventing people from getting the virus. Are they perfect? No, 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 no. But to just kick them down and say, oh, I don't know if they'll ever reopen. I don't know if they'll ever fill a movie seat. I don't know if there's gonna be a basketball game being played. Well, Disney's doing everything they can. What do you want Disney to do? put its hands up in the air and just decide to die? You know, it's we. there's an entire economy with really millions of people in this community who depend 
on tourism and all that the theme parks have offered. And all you can do is uh, um, say, well, this is the quote. This is about Disney needing to find a new way to do business that doesn't require a lot of people to be in one place. They need to be making those contingency plans right now. Well, thank you. That's a brilliant idea right now. But you know what? The 65 years, yes, 65, when Disneyland uh, reaches its anniversary in, a, in uh, next week, 65 years of theme parks, it seems to have worked pretty good. Yes, we got a virus. Yes, it's temporarily at halt. But when you consider the few months it's not open compared to the decades it's been open, I'd say those are pretty good. That's a pretty good track record. And by the way, the contingency plan that they made long before they even knew that something like COVID-19 would come along was something called Disney Plus and how brilliant they are for coming out with that with incredibly great programming. That Mandalorian, that has become the top um, top uh, most interesting thing on a television tube or on any kind of media forum. I, I don't know how they could work harder to be more relevant than they are right now. They are doing everything they can to be the very best they can. It's not an easy thing. They have got They've got a huge challenge, but I got to give them at least the benefit, benefit of the doubt and the credit for kicking as hard as they can to get back up and open. And it would really help if perhaps a newspaper or two or three or some other forms of media would come along and say, look, here's what Disney's trying to do. Maybe it will work. Let's take, let's just wait and see and see if it doesn't happen. See if it couldn't work out uh, to be a positive experience. You know, if I can just transition to, uh, to a little story here and I'll use this as my ending for the day. Um, my youngest daughter, who has been on the podcast many times, um, she is high-functioning autistic. And she is lovely and wonderful, but she can worry about things. It was uh, difficult as she thought about going back to a retail environment where she works one or two days a week. Uh, it was that, that produced some anxiety for her, but she did. She pushed through it. I was so proud of her. And she's, you know, back at work and she's responsible. She comes through with several masks and, and uh, she, she's very careful of being socially distant and washing her hands. She does, just does a really great job of being mindful of what she's doing. But honestly, as the Disney parks have unfolded and as all of this negative media attention has been coming and going, it, we couldn't go more than a day or two before she said, oh, I don't know. I don't know, Dad. Do you think it should really open? Maybe Disney should wait longer to reopen at Walt Disney World. I don't know. It doesn't seem right. I don't know. That just doesn't sound good. And she just really was anxious about this. And would and I'd say all these different things because I know all these different things. I'd say, well, consider this and consider that. And, you know, you try out this and try out that. And she'd listen, but she's still, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Well, her best friend, who's a cast member at Disney, managed to get tickets to go to the Magic Kingdom during cast preview days. 
And she calls up my daughter and says, hey, would you like to go? Well, you know, she's kind of excited, but kind of nervous. And she hasn't been to the Magic Kingdom in a long time. And because of COVID-19, it's been a while since she's been in the park, four months or so. And, uh, but she decided she would do it. She loves being with her best friend and they're great friends. She got there. And I'll, by the way, check out the notes page. I have included several photos, kind of as a teaser to what we'll see on Saturday uh, when I'm there and what I'll talk about on Saturday. Bless her heart. She had such a great day. Um, yeah, she talked about the different things that they were doing in terms of social distancing or lining up in order to go into the Emporium or um, sitting, you know, spaces apart at the Enchanted Tiki Room. Uh, she she gave that play by play, but she also, you know, she was delighted to go back. On, you know, she had actually had always had a fast pass for Peter Pan's flight. She never really, we always... Um, Got a special needs pass for my, we don't use a special needs pass for her, but we do use it for our other autistic child. And so we always have a special needs pass and consequently go through the fast pass line for Peter Pan. It was the first time she had ever been through the standby line where, you know, Peter Pan's shadow is, is in the nursery and you walk through that section. She loved it. She, you could see the magic had returned to my daughter. You could, she talked about the Disney characters parading through the streets every now and then, and she took pictures of several of them. Look, three caballeros at the train station. You're going to love this, Dad. And, and she just, she, you could tell she had this really wonderful experience. They had, had lunch together. She bought some of her favorite treats over uh, at the confectionery before she left for the day. She had a wonderful time. There was a lot of rain, and heaven knows it was hot. Uh, she had to wear the mask the whole time. She talked about taking breaks, but all in all, for someone who was anxious and someone who was nervous, she took a step. She did the right thing, the appropriate thing. She dressed appropriately. She social distanced. She wore the mask, and she had a good time. I'd like to think that this is probably going to be everybody's experience moving forward. If it can be for my daughter, I think it could be for just about anyone. If you just, just give it your best try. Again, for some, maybe you're elderly, maybe um, you have some immune deficiencies or whatever it might be. Uh, it might not be the time and place for you to come back to the parks. But if it is, take courage, try something new. For one thing, it may be your hundredth trip to Walt Disney World, but it may just be the one you'll remember most years from now. So take a, take a step into, uh, into the magic and see what comes of it. Well, thank you for joining us for this Disney News on Parade. And thank you for uh, just being a part of this podcast. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. Again, we have more coming as soon as I can deliver that on Saturday. We'll get it out to you. And next week, we'll be at most all of the other parks. So we'll continue to offer more views of what this is like as Walt Disney World reopens. Thanks again for joining us. And again, in the words of Sinbad Storybook Voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. See ya real soon.